Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Pop it to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, me, you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind I do think Doc Rivers has no idea what he's doing with the rotations. Uh, you know, what he did for the first five games and what he's doing right now looks entirely different, not just with James Harden being injured, but who he's playing when he's playing them. I mean, we went from we went from Montrez Harrell playing 30 minutes in a game, getting smoked defensively and, and on the offensive rebounds, to being a, a defense, a, a, a did-not-play-coach's decision. We went from Matisse Thibel being glued to the bench to playing 30 minutes in a basketball game. It just tells me that Doc doesn't really have an idea of what's going on. He's just throwing things at a wall. All right, well, then I'll do this, and then I'll do this. So the problem with that is that you can't bank on any consistency. And a lot of people might say, you you always complain that Doc Rivers doesn't adjust, and now he's changing his lineups to try to win games, and you're mad about it. I'm I'm not mad about it. I like that he that he's changing his lineups to try to win games. What I'm What I'm not feeling too good about is that it's not going to be consistent. You're going to see 30 minutes from Matisse Thibel in a win. You're going to see Montrezl Harrell DNP. And then there's going to be another game where, where Matisse plays eight minutes randomly. There's going to be another game where he kills you in the third quarter again by deciding that George Niang's a center. There's going to be those games. They're going to happen again. That's why I say don't get too high and don't get too low. Because it, we've seen it time and time again. It seems like he figured it out. It seems like he fixed the issue. It seems like, oh, look, look, he gets it. He gets what we were saying. He's not going to admit it. He's going to go up into press conferences and argue with all the fans and the reporters. He's going to act like it was his idea. We, we've seen it time and time again. He played DeAndre Jordan last year in the playoffs. The media had to literally bully him into playing Paul Reed at the backup center position. And then he plays Paul Reed the whole Toronto Raptors series, and we win the series. So we thought, hey, Doc figured it out. Paul Reed's a backup center. Paul Reed needs to be on the floor. Paul Reed can rebound. Paul Reed can play defense when he's not fouling. It's not the perfect option, but it's better than DeAndre Jordan. Right? And he comes into this season. Guess who's glued to the bench? The backup center that won a freaking playoff series for you last year. So that's all I'm saying. When, when Doc has his lineups right and you win a game, don't get too high. Because he's going to bring it right back. He's going to bring it right back. 
Babyface Ham, thank you for the kind words about the podcast. He's going to bring it right back. I'm just saying, I know I'm being negative. I have no faith in Doc Rivers whatsoever. There's none. I don't have any faith in Doc Rivers. I do not have any, not 1%. You know, and I was reluctant to say this last year. And a lot, early on doing YouTube and, and the podcast, I, I, I wanted to make everyone happy. You know what I mean? There were so many times, months, during the even the Ben Simmons debacle in Philadelphia, there were so many times where I went, I went like, I went far, I went close to a hundred percent honest, and people thought that was too much. People were coming at me every day. I like your podcast, but you're too hard on Ben Simmons. You know, I like your podcast, but you're just you're too hard on the guys. And I, in my mind, I was like, I'm not even being a hundred percent honest, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm taming it down for YouTube. <laughs> you know. I had to have faith. I, I had to I had to try to keep everybody in spirits and keep everybody thinking we have a chance to win. I didn't believe that. I did not believe that with Ben Simmons on this basketball team handling the point guard position for 35 minutes a game, playing that disgusting form of basketball, dribbling across the, the half-court line and handing it off to Seth Curry, who then has to try to run a pick-and-roll and he's not a freaking point guard. I had zero faith that we could win anything with that being the main thing that's happening on this team. But I didn't say it. Because in the beginning of YouTube and podcasts, I thought, like, uh, I, don't, I can't be ultra-negative. Everyone's going to unsubscribe or whatever if, I, if I'm like, this team sucks and we have no shot. But I realized slowly that's that, that's not the case. You guys respect honesty. I should have said right then, this team is going nowhere with Ben Simmons. This team's going nowhere with Doc Rivers. Just is what it is. I'm happy when we get a win. I'm happy when he does when he gets his lineups right. Don't hold your breath. He's going to bring it right back. And I'm just uh I think I'm glad. I feel like I feel like I'm relieved that I'm up here in front of this microphone being 100% honest about this team. There's a 0% chance this team wins a championship with Doc Rivers. Just a fact. Process in Philly, when we be honest about the team, we're fake fans. It makes no sense. You're absolutely right, bro. And I, I follow you on Instagram. And I <laughs> I don't know if you've been doing them lately. Have you been doing the lives lately uh, where you where you like go live watching the fourth quarter of a game? Those are sheer entertainment. If you guys aren't following Process in Philly on Instagram, go do that. Uh, he goes live sometimes during the games and gives his opinions, and they're great because he's 100% honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I realized over the years, too, that when you're 100% honest and it seems ultra-negative, the people that hate it are not real Philly fans. And they call you a fake fan for being negative, and they call you a fake fan, and they say, they say, why don't you go root for another team? You know, those Sixers groups on Facebook, there's so many there's so many casuals in there. It 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 hurts me. It, it physically I feel a pain in my chest. There's so many casuals in those Facebook groups. They have no idea what they're talking about ever at all. So anytime somebody says something negative about the team, they call you a fake fan. I don't even go in there anymore, bro. I only go in there to advertise t-shirts. <laughs> I only post my ads in there and I bounce. I don't read anything in there. 
yeah, they call you a fake fan, but really they, they're not watching every play of every game. They're not intently like analyzing the team. They do it with the Eagles, the Sixers, the Phillies. The people that analyze the team sound negative because there's a lot of things wrong. It's just the way it is. It's been 40. The team hasn't won a championship in 40 years. You know, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Lakers, that was the, that was the run of the NBA. In the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the Sixers fell off hard. And they haven't gotten back. The Celtics came back up. The Lakers came back up. Lakers are bad now, but I'm just saying the Sixers used to be an NBA juggernaut. And they haven't been back to the NBA finals. Well, yeah, they have Allen Iverson, but they haven't won an NBA championship in 40 years. So we're frustrated. So the real fans are usually frustrated. And also this. A lot of people that comment, you, you got, you know what I mean? You got to really learn how to just ignore, and I got to get better at it too. I try, I'm trying to get better every year. It's just ignoring nonsense, especially, you know, the more and more attention I get on the internet, the more I'm going to hear nonsense from random people. Uh, I'm trying to just keep in, keep getting better and better and better at ignoring things by just telling myself, this is somebody that does not understand what I'm saying. So we're not on the same page. We're not in the same book. So what's the point of having this discussion or argument, right? So I ignore it. It's a lot easier that way. And that mute button on Twitter, boy, that mute button on Twitter is glorious. If I haven't responded to you on Twitter for a while, you're probably muted. <laughs> but, yeah, all I'm saying is, man, yeah, they call you a fake fan when you're negative. Um, a lot of them also just started watching the Sixers, too. You know, you got to understand that, too. The process is like eight years old. You know, a lot of these kids were, and this isn't a shot to anyone that's watching right now who's 15, 16, 17 years old, uh, but a lot of people have some kind of ego. You know, they started watching basketball three years ago and, 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 and they have this kind of like, I know what I'm talking about and you're an idiot thing off the rip. You know, I started watching basketball when I was 12, 10, 11, 12. But I would never jump in something when I'm 15, 16 years old and act like I'm a, I'm a, a expert on it and tell everyone else they're an idiot when you literally weren't watching basketball before the process started. You know what I mean? So you got to take that into account too. We for those of us that watched it for this long, we failed in the Allen Iverson era. After that, we sucked for a long time. I'm pretty sure 2005 to about 2012, we were mid-AF, as the kids say. Sometimes we were just good enough to squeak into the playoffs, but we were not good. You know, we, we thought Andre Iguodala was going to be the next Superstar. It's going to lead the team somewhere. It wasn't good. Evan Turner, 
terrible. Uh, you know, it was bad for a long time. Um, and then the process starts. They tank. Then we're three years of absolute tanking, and we have a ten and seventy-two season, and we gotta we gotta go through that, knowing there's gonna be a light on the end of the tunnel. There's gonna be a light, you know. Watching Ish Smith throw alley oops to Nerlens Noel and, and losing by thirty-five points every night is gonna be worth it because there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and then the light at the end of the tunnel comes, and it's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid ends up being a superstar. The other guy who was supposed to be the second superstar ends up being the biggest fraud I've ever seen in my entire life. Outside of basketball, on a personal level, the biggest fraud I've ever seen in my life. So the frustration is like a hundred times what it normally would be at, at just a random losing NBA season. No, we went through eight years of a process. And it still doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? The frustration, of course, is going to be at an all-time high for people that put time in watching this team for that long, thinking they were going to get a light at the end of the tunnel. And now we're dealing with this. Last night was a step in the right direction. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Test me, test me, test me, test me, test me.